Welcome to the Educator Ignited Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palmas, a wife, mom, educator, and learner addict. I am obsessed with all things improving education, and this podcast is all about proving what's possible in education. If you are hungry to learn about and be inspired by ways in which educators are doing things out of the box, altering the status quo, then you are tuning into the right podcast. We talk to guests who are trailblazers on a transformative journey to change the educational system, extending their impact beyond the boundaries of the classroom. Educators Ignited embodies our shared commitment to igniting a fire within each and every educator, empowering our education community to become catalysts for change. Through the Educators Ignited podcast, we will continue to bring you inspiring stories, thought-provoking discussions, and practical strategies to empower educators worldwide Together, we will light the way for a new era of education where students thrive and teachers are catalysts for innovation. Welcome back to the Educators Ignited podcast. As always, super excited to have a guest on here. I know that it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a guest since I've been doing my coaching series, but this week's guest and I have been in contact for about a year and a half, and I found her via a web search of just what are organizations out there, grassroots organizations, media organizations doing to really uplift education. And I found Carrie Pitstick, who the director of digital content for the Teach Better blog. And the Teach Better blog is a venue, a platform that is really working to bring educators together to teach better. And it is so inspiring. So when I got to be in contact with Carrie, she is consistent. She is always behind that computer, really working to inform people, educate people. And I feel so a part of the community, even though I don't show up all the time because of Carrie's consistency. But even more importantly, Carrie is still a teacher. So not only is she leading the digital content for Teach Better, which is a huge platform, but she is also teaching every day. And so in our space here is just this amazing educator who is doing great things directly for students every day, but also really expanding her impact through the Teach Better blog. So we're going to spend time talking about both. Carrie, I am so humbled to have you a part of the Educators Ignited community. And I would love for you just to start by telling us about yourself. What has been your journey in education and how did you get to where you are today? Awesome. So yeah, I am trying to think about how to make a really long story like not super long. So I actually am someone that knew I wanted to be a teacher my entire life since kindergarten. I was in like third grade making worksheets for my classmates and having them do them and grade them. I think I knew since I was in eighth grade that I wanted to teach middle school and that actually never changed. So I, as a junior in high school, applied to Illinois State University to their middle level education program. And just my whole life, I feel like I've been destined to teach middle school. So I attended Illinois State University where I got my bachelor's in middle level education. It actually was one of the only, I think maybe the only college at the time that had a middle level program. So really just designed to help these future teachers learn how to teach adolescents, which was really important. And after I graduated from college, I actually got a job where I went to school growing up. So I attended a school from Caneland from kindergarten through my senior year. And that is actually where I landed my first job. 
Um, I wasn't necessarily intending to go back to where I attended school. That might not have been my first choice, but it was the first place that offered me a job. And I have loved it. I have never once looked back. I am still teaching there. I am now going into my ninth year. I am teaching seventh grade ELA. It'll be my ninth year teaching seventh grade ELA. I love it. Um, I've never honestly wanted to do anything different and I don't see myself leaving. And over the course of the years of teaching, I did get my master's degree. And after I got my master's, I was trying to figure out like, what is next? What can I do next? Because I've gotten all this education. Now, what am I going to do with it in addition to teaching? And I actually connected with someone named Caitlin Giordano, who is currently working for the Teach Better team. And she connected me with the team and helped me get in with them. And that is when I started working with their blog department and taking the lead on that. So since then, I have done all things blog with the Teach Better team and really just helping amplify the voices of educators all around the country. And beyond that, we have writers that are from Canada and, and other places too, which has been awesome. And I really love all the roles that I currently have because I spend a lot of my time supporting students during the day and then I support adults by night. And I just feel very fulfilled with everything that I get to do. Oh my gosh, Carrie, thank you so much. So a couple of things that are coming to mind as you share your story. The first one is let's go the middle school route for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Sure. So many people, I'm obsessed with middle school first and foremost, and I always wanted to be an elementary school teacher. When I first started teaching it with middle school, I went to elementary, then I went back to middle school. I've predominantly worked in middle schools for the last 21 years. And there, it's like almost an obsession. You said you're destined to teach middle mm -hmm. school. Yeah. And so many people are like, that is the one area. Yeah. <laughs> like we are flying to find teachers. What was that instinct that said, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I feel like as a society, that's like the one age group that makes people like cringe. If you're like, I'm an elementary teacher, people are like, oh my gosh, like that must be so fun. Do all these things in high school. I don't know. I feel like each one kind of has their pros and cons, but I feel like middle school most often gets the reaction of, oh my gosh, how is that? Because they're at a really interesting age. But to be honest, I feel like for me, Earlier on, especially in middle school, high school, and maybe even college, a lot of what drove me to wanting to teach middle school was more or less the content. I just loved the content of middle school. And I think I grew to love it over time because of the kids. I think as a middle school student, as a high school student, it wasn't like, oh, I want to work with that age group in particular. It was the content that drove me there. But once I started doing some observations in college, and started doing some clinicals where I was doing some lessons with students and working with them and doing observations in different areas. Over time, I really realized that it was that age group that I couldn't deviate from. It wasn't the content anymore. It was the age group. And that's what's kept me loving it all along. It's, the content's great. I love promoting reading and writing and a love for that. But it's been the kids that have kept me loving my job because they are so fun. I could honestly talk for hours. I probably could write a book about all the amazing things that come from teaching middle school and just how fun it is to teach that six through eight age group. As soon as that book is written, we're going to have you back on the pod. <laughs> you can be celebrating it. Carrie, I love that so much. And then the other piece to this, you have used the word love about what you are doing as a teacher multiple times. 
what keeps you loving it? You said that students, but what are some of those moments that you've just fallen in love? Because we know that by fifth year of teaching, a good portion of teachers leave. You're mm-hmm. staying in it. You're in your ninth year in middle school, still teaching the same content. What's the love that you For have? sure. I do want to point out first, I do say love a lot. There have been many times in the last, especially few years that I have not always loved what I've been doing. I've had moments where I'm like, I don't think I can do this until I can retire. Like I have definitely had moments of not loving it. But in order for me to keep that overall love of it on a holistic level, I really just try to always make connections with students. And that's what keeps me loving it is if I'm having a tough day, we're just going to break free from what the plan was in our ELA class. And we're going to do something that kind of rebuilds our culture as a class, because if I'm not loving it, something else is going on with our class that's making us all stressed out. So we'll do a team building day and have games and we're laughing. And that then brings me back to that core level of why I do what I do. I definitely think I don't want to paint the picture of I love what I do and it's always rainbows and butterflies and it's perfect because I, like I said, I've certainly had days, especially during COVID and since then that I have questioned if I can do this forever. But again, it's really just going back to why I got into teaching. It's for the kids. And I just keep trying to think of different strategies for how I can connect with them and just make the classroom a fun place. Because if I'm not having fun or if I'm stressed, the kids see that. And so we just have to hit the reset button and figure out how we can improve things just so that we're all comfortable and in a safe space and can have fun. So you mentioned playing games and reconnecting, resetting. What is one of your favorite things then to do when it's just time to reset and you're feeling yourself? You didn't use the word, but I'm imagining you just feeling drained, standing there being like, what am I doing? (laughs) What do you do to reconnect? I should have made a list of all the different things I've done. Uh, The first thing that comes to my mind is one that I just did for the first time last school year. We did the Cups and Dice tournament. So at my school, we have these like team rooms where they're just like a big space that you can sign up for and just use that's bigger than your classroom. And it's just a big open area. And we just did silly games that I found on Instagram that were like, you divide into two teams and you put like a bunch of these like solo cups on the ground. And then one team is trying to flip them up and the other team is trying to flip them down. And the kids are just running around this giant room trying to flip these cups in all different directions. And we're laughing and it's silly and it's not ELA related, but it was something that took part of a class period that we did and it made us come together as a class and just really feel like a family so that the next time that we were together to do a lesson, it's hard to put into words, but it really made a big difference in, okay, we were just silly and laughing and rolling on the ground trying to get these cups. And then that makes it that much easier to get the work done. And that investment in time is something that I've always found worthwhile where I think some people are like, oh, I can't take a whole day to do a game or to do this or that. And I understand that because our time is very limited with students. But what I have found is that when I take time to do those things, I'm gaining so much more time back with the kids and I'm spending less time redirecting behaviors and dealing with all those stressors. So to me, it's a worthwhile investment because yes, we're taking time, but I'm gaining so much time after the fact that I wouldn't otherwise have had if we didn't do those silly things. You are preaching to my heart. And what's one day of 180 when you do that? 
it is insurmountable or it has an insurmountable impact. I love that you're bringing that up, but what a fun idea. And maybe we can link that in the show notes so other teachers can have access to that. So Carrie, let's pivot. Okay. And let's talk teach better. Let's talk about its impact on the world of education, particularly in the state and beyond. What does it do? And then let's talk about your role. Yeah. So I joined the Teach Better team a few years ago, and I've had the same role since I began just doing all things blog. I love what I do. I never want to do anything different with the team. I have so much fun with that. The Teach Better team does a lot of different things. I would say at the core, it is a group of people that are there to support teachers in whatever way we can. There are things that are paid options that they can come into schools to do trainings. You can take online courses. There are options for online courses that are free. They have a lot of things that don't cost money if you are just looking to do like a live stream and learn something from another educator on a video. We have a bunch of social media platforms that we are answering questions for people. And if someone needs something, we try to find resources that we can share with that person to help them out. And for me, it really started out just with the blog and it was helping amplify voices of educators that were wanting to write and help give them the confidence to write and the tools that they need and the platform that they need to share their voice and share their blogs. But I think more than that, it has become really a source of helping other adults, which has been very rewarding for me because as a teacher, that's what I love to do is just help people. And any time that somebody is wanting to try something new in their classroom and they're not really sure how to do it, I love being part of a team that can help people find that solution. And I think it's important to realize that as educators, none of us have all of the answers. We all have some answers and we can work together and share what we know because something that you're doing may be the one thing that helps somebody else. And I think a lot of times people are kind of stuck playing the comparison game of, oh my gosh, that person across the hall is doing all these amazing things, but realizing that you're doing something too that would help somebody. And just having a platform to share that and to collaborate with other educators and provide what they need is something that I love to be a part of and that the team really is striving to do each and every day. And I sell that every time I get on Teach Better's website and or anytime I get an email from you. And I love your idea, generations of these are the things that we are looking for. So for educators who are listening to this, you're going to need to and want to get in touch with Carrie because if you want your voice amplified, it feels that way. And there's so many people that you've partnered with that give such great advice. To that point, I know you write some of the blogs. Yes. What are one to two of your favorite blogs that you've written that you feel have had some of the most monumental impact for educators? I think the first one that comes to mind is a blog post that I wrote about promoting reading in the classroom. And it just shares ideas of allow audiobooks, provide like space around the room to read, just a lot of ideas for teachers to really help students find that love of reading. That has been something that from a classroom perspective has been really important for me to be able to share that. And then from a teach better and adult perspective, I have written a blog post about sharing your voice and just not being afraid to share what you're doing in the classroom. Because again, what I've been saying is that something that you're doing in your classroom or what, whatever you do in education, something that you're doing would be incredibly beneficial to somebody else reading your blog. And so writing a post about 
just trying to inspire people to not be afraid to share their voice is something that I also am very passionate about in making sure that people don't feel afraid to share their voice. The first time that I wrote a blog for Teach Better, like right after I joined, Caitlin Giordano was like, you should write a post too. And I was like, I don't write blog posts. Like I can edit them. That's one thing, but I don't write blog posts. And the first time that I wrote and published a post was terrifying. I Mm -hmm. couldn't believe that I was like publishing my work for other people to read and criticize, but it was so liberating and I was so excited to do it. And since then, I've just been so excited to continue writing and sharing my voice. Yes, so good and so exciting. As you're thinking about Teach Better too, beyond the blog, knowing that that's very helpful, you talk about these very professional pathways, opportunities that people, development opportunities that people can take advantage of. We are about to go into a new school year. And so with that, what is one, again, or two just really great resources that you would advise brand new teachers to really take advantage of? And then on the flip, Maybe it's the same thing, but our veteran teachers who are feeling that angst and just being like, I'm questioning this. What are two resources that Teach Better could offer these two populations to support in moving forward? Sure. I would say the first one is the Teach Better Academy, which is a membership that you can join online. There are some courses that are paid, but there are many that are free. And a lot of courses that provide tips and strategies for things that you could implement in your classroom or as a leader. And so just a lot of really great courses on that academy. You can go to teachbetteracademy.com to get that information. And the other thing that I would advise is joining the Teach Better Team private Facebook group. That is a place where team members making posts about things just to build community among educators and connect people together. It's also a place where people in the educational space can post themselves and ask questions and say, hey, I'm having trouble with implementing this, or I'm having trouble with helping a parent understand standards-based grading. How can I do that? And then we share resources and PDFs and like talking points that can help that person. I guess to recap, my t- the two main things, many others, would be the Teach Better Academy for courses and then joining the private Teach Better Facebook group. All of that information can be found on teachbetter.com, but just a lot of things that can provide people support with whatever role they have in education and whatever it is that they need. Oh, I love it. And we'll have all of that linked in the show notes. Carrie, in thinking about us heading into the school year, I would love to just hear from you. What advice do you have for educators right now? You are immersed in the state of education. To, to your point, it is not all sunshine and rainbows. And I think that's the narrative in which most people have of education right now. Hence the reason why we are having to work and get so creative of bringing teachers in. What advice do you have for educators to have a renewed sense of hope around education? I think one thing that comes to mind, especially as you mentioned, we're at the point where we're beginning school years, is first and foremost, when you are starting a school year, don't worry about diving into content right away. I think that's something that I was, it was a misconception that I had when I was in college. It was like, take two days to get to know the kids and then you can jump it. Two days is not enough. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier about taking a day to play a game and that being an investment in time. It's the same thing at the beginning of the year, taking time to establish routines and 
expectations and playing get to know you games and doing different activities to build that culture is so important in the first week. And I usually take probably at least five or six school days before I truly do anything content related. I might do a little bit of like, tell me about a book that you read when you were a kid that you loved and start like introducing some love of reading things. But really, I don't dive into content the first week at all. So I think that's something that can help set a foundation for both educators and for students to help you find that love of education again, because starting off the school year on that foot is going to be really important. And I think just just realizing that not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be a day where a kid that you have a really good connection with is having a bad day because of their home life and they just can't manage their emotions because of their age. And it's going to be hard not to take it personally, but don't because that like when a student is acting that way, it's like you're their safe person or you're their safe space. So they're comfortable doing that. So don't let that get to you. And I think that's something that I've had to remind myself over the years is like not taking it personally when kids are not behaving because they're kids and they're middle school students and they have a lot going on in their lives, some more than we'll ever realize. And I think just trying to remember why we do what we do build those relationships, be there for the kids, and just know that even if you don't see the impact, you're making an impact. I think we have a job where the impact that we're making is not easily seen, and not a lot of jobs have that where you don't see the impact that you're making, but every single interaction with the kid that you have that's positive or even negative is impacting them in some way that is making a difference in their life that you're being a really big part of and you should be proud of. Yes. I Two things to just connect to that. We had someone on last fall who used the acronym Q-TIP. Have you heard the acronym Q-TIP? Quit taking it personal. I love that. Quit taking it personal. Their interaction could be because of how they view you. But when you quit taking it personal and you work on the relationship, your life is just that much more manageable. Yes. And then the other thing that somebody had recently said on the podcast was teaching is a game of delayed gratification. Yes. So to your point that the impact is there, mm-hmm. you're just not going to see it immediately. I had a Facebook message come through, honestly, ironically, about three weeks ago, and the mom had reached out and just said, miss you. And True Man, which was the student's name or is the student's name, and I know she'd be very happy with me sharing this, actually has a picture of us. She had posted the picture. She's like, this is next to his bed, bed stand. Oh that is God. what it's impact you had. And I'm like, that is amazing. And I love that. But like, he he's now an EMT and doing great things. And I wouldn't have ever expected them to say, we attribute some of this to you. Mm-hmm. The parents were amazing and are amazing. And he's 30 years old and has... Yeah, 30. And has this picture of us from when he's in fourth grade oh next gosh, to in his room. So the, it's a game of delayed gratification. So those are two For things sure. that are connecting. What does yeah. that make you think too, or that you want to underscore in this advice? Yeah. And I think it's something that like you have those situations where a student might email you years down the line, or you have a parent call you and say, look at this impact that you've made. But then I also would remind people, think about the people who you've impacted that are not taking the time to do that. I think it's wonderful when they do, but not everyone thinks to do that or maybe has the means to do that or just doesn't understand how much that would mean to us if they did do that. 
And so I think just because you have been teaching for a while and like, I've never had a situation like that doesn't mean that it's not there, that it's not happening. So I think I would just remind people as well, if you haven't received an email from a student in a couple of years saying what impact you've had on them or how they're doing, that doesn't mean that you're not making it. I think sometimes people like we just get really caught up in our lives and we get busy and we're not always thinking to go and contacting our old teachers and say how much that you appreciated them. But you are making an impact. It's making a big difference. Mm, Yes, you are. And that is where we will leave this episode today because I think that this is just like the most grounding message we can have and share. And thank you for bringing it back to that. Carrie, is there anything that we didn't discuss that you just feel that you really want to uplift in your message today and having the opportunity to amplify your voice? I think I would just leave people with the message of, you hear this all the time, but remember why you got into education. We have such an important job. It's one of the most important, if not the most important. We are spending hours every day with the future of our of our country. And so just remember that what you're doing is important and just try to have fun with it. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the expectations and the standards and all the different things that are expected of us, but don't forget to have fun with it too. We might forget that sometimes and get lost in all the other things that we're expected to do, but don't forget to make it fun. And if you're not having fun, the kids might not be having fun. So always think about what you can do to just bring that joy into education and make students excited to come to your class. Yes. Carrie, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram as Miss Pitstick. So M-I-S-P-I-T-S-T-I-C-K. Those are probably the best places. And then anything regarding Teach Better or Teach Better blogging, just Carrie at teachbetter.com. It's K-A-R-I. I can answer any questions about blogging if anyone's interested in being a guest blogger and contributing blogs or if they have any questions about getting support from the team i can answer any questions from there oh amazing and we all have all of this linked in the show notes carrie thank you so much for being a part of the educators ignited community we are so humbled to have you a part of it and so lucky to have your voice that is also amplifying so many other voices and the impact you're having on students every day so thank you of course thank you so much for having me it's been fun Thank you, Carrie, so much for joining us today. What a treat. Here are the takeaways from today's episode. Number one, if you happen to be wondering about the age group you want to teach, start with content you love. Loving your content can help you in loving the age group. Number two, not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. If you are having a tough day or even questioning why you are doing this work, give yourself permission to break free from your content and go all in with culture. Be willing to hit the reset button and allow your classes to reconnect with you and each other. Number three, laugh with your students. Number four, none of us have all the answers, so be ready and willing to use the resources around you. Number five, don't worry about diving into content right away. Take time to build your classroom culture and it will pay dividends to how much your students will learn over the course of the year. Number six, when a student is having a bad day, they just might take it out on you. Whatever you do, don't take it personally. Know that you might be the safe person of that student and their behavior is not a reflection of you. Number seven, recognize that being an educator is the most important job in our world and ground yourself in your why. Why you became an educator, because you are making an impact. 
Wow, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for joining me today and every week on the podcast. So what are you taking away from today's episode? Let me know by heading to Instagram and either commenting on this episode's IG picture or DM me and tell me you listened to the episode and share a little nugget you received. If you like this episode and know someone who is on a journey to becoming a better teacher and educator, share this with them. And it might just be the one thing they needed to hear today. Or share this episode in your stories and tag me. All right, my friends, I will be back next week with another episode for more of what's possible in education.